Hey there, fellow adventurers. This is Rich. And it's B-Dubs. Hey, we're back to talk a little more about the rules of Pathfinder 2.0, a couple things that are different. One of the things that changed, um, I want—I don't want to say it's a large change because there's a small change that has a large impact. In my Rich, opinion. stop right there. As you're talking through the podcast, you see to the left that uh, something's in the bushes there. Uh, and then out pops a goblin. Uh, I am terrified and run away. Well, well, first, uh, let, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Now, in this situation, Brad, uh, what do I roll for initiative? Well, th- and this is what's kind of, I kind of really love this about 2.0, is that initiative is not just your deck score anymore with whatever general bumps you can give it. It's actually uh, generally going to be your perception. That's the default. Are you paying attention? Yeah. So if you're just wandering down and, and not taking any, any precautions, you're, you're just walking down the, the road, perception is going to be it. How observant are you? That's going to determine, uh, to determine your initiative. But, now we have some other options as well. Well, for example, stealth for all you rogue heads out there. Because if you want to just be sneaking along the entire time, yeah, well, screw it. Why not? Why not have stealth for your initiative check? Well, and indeed you can. Uh, so if you are choosing to stealth along when uh, a combat springs out, you're going to roll your stealth instead of your perception because you were actively using that. Was there any other ones? Uh, perception, stealth. Actually, I think at this point that's all we I have I think available. that's it. I, a possibly kind GM could maybe make a, let you pull some other BS. And I'm not entirely certain of that, that you won't see a few other options when they come out with the, the rules. I, I believe the initiative aspect of the playtest was fairly successful. If there was a complaint, it was that you really just drilled down to two options, whereas maybe there could be a few others show up depending on situations. Well, and, and initiative was one of those things you either feeded for it or you didn't. And now you have fewer ways of, say, bumping your mm-hmm. initiative or your, your perception. It's pretty much going to be based on uh, your stats and your class. So, you know, it becomes very important as those two are intertwined. As really, let's face it, they always have been. Mm-hmm. It used to be it was, hey, make perception checks followed up by initiative. Yeah. And now you just roll the dice once. Perception would determine whether you went in the surprise round or not. <laughs> exactly. And now it just determines whether or not they go first. Mm-hmm. Which is is similar. It's not the same thing, but it's similar. You'll find that in many ways it plays out to be pretty much the same. It's one of those changes where, uh, depending on how you're going to look at it, you're either going to see it's a small change, or when you see that perception no longer over on the skill side of your character sheet and its own little own little header, you might freak out for a moment. Mm-hmm. But perception is such a common skill, so often used that they just are pointing out the obvious that this is its own thing anymore. It really is no longer just a skill you happen to use a lot. It's just, it's its own stat over mm-hmm. here off to the side. Uh, they kind of treat it as a skill still, but it has a, a special place now. And I, I always noticed that uh, perception was either really important to you or it was a dumb stat. And the the thought, I guess, was that all parties had at least one perception guy. And now you're going to uh, want to focus on perception pretty much no matter where you are. And I say mm-hmm. focus, since there are fewer ways to bump it, uh, it's really in, uh, like I said, your stats and, and your class. But it's going to be very present to you as you as you look at what, what you have up there, because it, it just comes up a lot. Well, that seven wisdom is going gonna, is gonna to hurt you pretty hard. It really is. That's uh, something you definitely don't want to dump, even if you're not using it for, for anything else. But other than that, initiative pretty much plays out like it, it used to. It's just now it's, it's, it's all wrapped up in one. And then, you know, if we're talking about initiative, let's tag into perception just for a little bit, uh, because certain skills have changed. Uh, there's not like an insight check anymore. 
um, you're you're using perception to uh, counteract if someone's lying. Oh, you can use it in social aspects as mm-hmm. well. It's not yeah. just you know you're looking around with your eyes or listening with your ears. It, it's now also can I tell if this person is lying? Because let's face it, that's still just a form of perception. It doesn't matter if Jason Bourne's looking for the bad guy with the gun or if he's trying to figure out if the bad guy is over at the uh, mm-hmm. other side of the diner. He's still using perception. Mm-hmm. Looking for that trickle of sweat every time Alder talks. I mean, uh also what it does is it takes perception back and initiative back to the classes that probably should have it. You know, your ranger probably should be more perceptive mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, say your, your fighter. That's not to say you can't have a wisdom fighter who, who is, but you know, and generally those tropes are going to play along those lines. Now, granted, you're not going to be looking at huge differentials anymore. You no longer going to have party members who have five perception with party members who have 40 perception. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a whole lot closer than they used to be, but there are still going to be people who stand out a little bit. Well, just one more reason not to make wisdom your dump stat. And that's all there is to initiative. So listen on, and hopefully you'll get to hear us roll some initiative soon. We'll see you around, guys. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now... It's time to open the Adventurer's Vault. When last we left our brave adventurers, you had just finished uh, a series of encounters. Uh, But if we go back a little further, they found themselves in the now the uh, newly reestablished continent of Faradon and very quickly gained employment with Craven Carlisle. They sent out in the woods on uh, a few missions here. Uh, looks like they're going to explore some towers, which they did. They found the first one, uh, the easternmost of what they uh, know are called the Gosel Towers. One thing that you guys might notice, some of you could piece together, uh, the language of Faradon, uh, you know, is the common language throughout the, the entire realm. Um, but it's kind of like Old English. So the original Feridian, as it was spoke when it was still an empire, they, it's changed a little bit. The accent has changed. Some of the words have changed. So it, as it was spoken originally, it was a little more guttural than what you guys are used to now. Once again, it's not you can understand it just fine. It's not fully a dialect shift. But if you were to hear somebody speak it, it's, it's going to sound a little more in the back of the throat than what you guys are probably used to now, what it's changed a little bit over time. Um, so just when you... Um, I thought I'd mention that because the, the phrasing there with the Gosel Towers is kind of an odd um, odd sound, but... There's enough scholarly folks in this party that you could probably put together that just sounds a little more like it was probably spoken uh, back when uh, Faradon was a mighty empire. So you guys did find your way to the Eastern Tower. You were able to uh, gain access to the uh, lower sections, the tower itself having long fallen. So you guys encountered a, a nice little crocodile on the way over. He tried to take a few bites out of you, but it was it was all good. He was friendly. <laughs> and then you guys found some skeletons. Uh, they were nice enough to explode for you. You're Just welcome. Mi- yeah, minor damage there. Uh, and then you fought the uh, skeletal champion uh, and his uh, swarm of skeletal piranha fish of some sort. It's uh, pre- it pretty easy. I wasn't worried. 
Well, yeah. we all have superior skills in terms of whining and bitching to the GM yes. about the, how hard his encounters were, and that I, seemed to have gotten us through the day. I don't know what you're talking about. I particularly found me feigning bleeding out on the ground was a very effective tactic to distract him. Well, it was there, amazingly heroic. It was convincing. Were there any yes. of us who did not go uh, hit zero at, during that fight at one time or another? No, we all hit zero yeah. at one point. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. not all at one time for yeah. you guys. Hopefully not our listener account. <laughs> uh, all, all strategically dropped to zero hit points at a different point in that fight. It was all by design. Yeah. yeah. Here you guys are. You uh, have made your way back outside. You are you know, a little worse for wear here. Um, but you you did emerge victorious. So uh, you have a moment to catch your breath and uh, see what your next move is. But before we do that... Let's talk a little bit, because uh, you guys did manage to get enough experience to make a level. So you are now all level two. Now, for our listeners, let's tell them uh, what that means, and let's try to pretend like we know what that means when we're talking about it, <laughs> because once again, these these are the playtest rules. Uh, things have been changing, and well, we're just not really familiar with it yet. Uh, but we got some level two people now, so uh, j- just tell me about quickly what choices you made and what new fun things you might have. Well, um, you know, I mean, going to second level, we've all now discovered that our proficiencies have gone up by one. So we're all a little bit better at uh, just, you know, skills and attacks and, and um, uh, gosh, uh, armor class and, and so forth. Um, I chose, we also got a couple of feats, um, one related to our class and one related to our skills. Uh, so with regards to the skill feat, <clears throat> um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, as a as a person who perhaps at one point in his life had to um, kind of rely on his own wits and wiles to be able to get a meal, whether it was on the street or in between towns, fleeing from one town to another, um, the, um, the the father is pretty good at uh, at finding um, something to put in his mouth. I didn't sound right. Um, and uh, has the forger uh, skill feat, and I think I might. Um, Judge, do you think it would be appropriate uh, for me not to mention the uh, feat that I got uh, for my class because it'll probably come as a bit of a surprise to the party uh, whenever it goes into effect, as well as possibly to the father. I mean, yeah, if you want to hold that one back for later, um, there is a, a second feat choice. Uh, I know there's some, uh, you know, a few questions involving your character that hopefully we'll get around to answering. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, really, right now, I, we, I don't know. What we, can, we can hold that one in for now. Let, let me interject something real quick. How many of us took the forager feet? Because I also did. And it was before you said that, by the way, before yeah. the game. I'm like, oh, I did too. <laughs> you, no. All right. Two of us get to eat. Two of us get to eat. Everyone else starves. Yep. You guys are in deep trouble. Uh, what about Hatham? So uh, in addition to being able to make more uh, more formulas and having more formulas in my book, um, I took, instead of an alchemist feat, uh, I took a wizard, um, uh, subclass. I forget uh, the dedication. technical dedication. Thank you. Yeah. So I yeah. took the wizard dedication, maybe in the back of, of some journal somewhere. He's found, oh, some, some, uh, cantrips here. He's practiced them in his spare time and now has, uh, four cantrips and I can prepare two of them, uh, also through, uh, several failures at, at, trying to uh, navigate the wilderness, I think maybe he's gotten a little better at survival. I thought I'd take a second and explain a little how multiclassing works in second edition. Um, It's because they did change it up quite a bit as opposed to um, first edition Pathfinder, which was essentially, uh, you know, an extension of way back to three, uh, third edition 3.0. 
where you just simply took a level of that class. Now you don't do that. When you take a class, you're that class forever. But what you can do is multi-class still. So when your class is in uh, with Haytham is an alchemist, uh, you gain uh, second level as an alchemist, and you get a class feat for that. You also gain general feats, which uh, anybody can take, but you also get class-specific feats, so you have to take an alchemist feat. What you can do is take what's called a uh, dedication feat, which is for a different class. So in this case, you took the wizard dedication, which allows you to take more feats and give you more uh, wizard abilities. So the first one just gives you some basic cantrips, and uh, as you gain levels, if you choose to take more of these uh, multi-class feats, these dedication feats, you gain more and more wizard abilities. Now, the trade-off is, is you are gaining fewer alchemy abilities along the way because you could be using these feats to take straight-up alchemist feats. So you're, you're trading off here for what you want, but it can add versatility or just simply establish that your character uh, wants to go. So it does work differently in Pathfinder 2.0. That's going to take a little bit uh, for even for us to get used to. And, of course, you have to meet ability score requirements. Yeah, there are some prerequisites for a few of those, although most of them aren't too terrible. What about Alder? Uh, I took a level of Pathfinder 1 wizard. Um, <laughs> so I'm like part 2.0, part 1.0. So it's cool. Don't worry about it. Should Multi-classing into it. 3.5 wizard. That, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll access talk about that. all those great spells. Uh, Grognar put more fighter on fighter to fighter better. At like level fighter. three, I'm going to subclass into second edition, and I'll have Thaco rules now. There nice. You go. So other than I <laughs> just swing a, a tiny bit better, I also took the Forager feat. Yay, that's very exciting. Uh, but I also took for my real deal feat, I took Reactive Shield. And what does that do? So uh, normally to have your shield raised, it takes one of your three actions. Now I can do it as a reaction. So I have to balance um, if I think I'm going to get an attack of opportunity or use Reactive Shield. But, you know, Alder's just becoming a little better at responding to things. So, so does that mean then if, like, somebody targets you, says, oh, I'm attacking yeah. you, you're like, oh, as a reaction, I yep. raise my shield. Yep. And, okay. But you only cool. get one reaction around. Yes. So if you do that, you now could not take an attack of opportunity if somebody provoked one. That is you. correct. What, so, what a great series of choices to be able to be able to make. I mean, that's great. We'll be super versatile each round. That's a neat Yeah. I, I think uh, as a little bit of commentary, I, I think we're finding that action economy and as essentially how you put that strategy together of using your actions is far more important in Pathfinder 2.0 than it ever was. It's not necessarily about your abilities. It's about uh, what can I string together to use them efficiently. Well, anything cool in Pathfinder 1 was a full round action. Now it's Mm -hmm. how do I put everything together in the correct order, the correct timing. So, Awesome. Uh, What about Asherian? So other than the uh, standard bonuses you get to all your proficiencies and hit points and other stuff like that, Asherian uh, gained a new spell which he's going to be using Bane now, so he can be debuffing enemies. But for his skill feat, he gained Recognize Spell. So as a reaction, if an enemy uses uh, a divination spell, he can identify what spell it was. For his class feat, however, where things got a little changed up, is Ashirian took Monk Dedication. The idea of this is not necessarily that he uh, trained at a monastery, but uh, during his military training, he was calm, relaxed, kind of got that cool fighting style and it was trained in unarmed combat and since brawler isn't in pathfinder 2.0 we have to go with monk because it's the closest thing so it was the only yeah. thing on the base library to like watch like old episodes of kung fu the legend continues <laughs> yeah yeah he is that that character he didn't actually train he just watched a lot of kung fu movies yeah, yeah. so 
Yeah, he watched Karate Kid a whole lot, and he's like, wow. Which one? The the remake or some of the older ones? Older ones. I mean, let's be honest here. The good ones. Into the yeah. Dragon. That's the Bruce Lee one you want to watch. Yeah. That's yeah. good stuff right there. Let's take a moment and talk about our favorite kung fu movies for 20 minutes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We're, well, this is now a kung fu podcast. It changed so gradually, I didn't even notice. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> oh, 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 oh? You can really plot the arc of uh, of how it all evolved. Yeah. Oh, this, it's going to get really, really disgusting at some point. I'm just <laughs> just saying. This is kind of like a, a de-evolution here. We're going to... By episode 30, we're already going to be in the gutter. It's it's, uh, it's I've, I see by my watch, it's time for a buggery reference. It has been a while. Speaking of which... Um, buggery? Uh, what? If you need opportunities for buggery, well, let's go ahead and kind of zoom back in, uh, get back into character. Uh, if you remember, uh, uh, you guys are now uh, on a small island uh, with the uh, former tower now full of water underneath of you. And um, you guys are a little banged up. So uh, what, what are you going to do next? Let, uh, I'm going to imagine it's getting closer to evening uh, and we're all pretty tired. Mm-hmm. So I think the discussion of Resting for the the day is probably now. When you say tired, uh, is it is it is it spelled T I R E D and pronounced mortally wounded? Uh, yes, because <laughs> I have two health left. Well, I have considerably more than that at eight. <laughs> Holy cow! I'm at four. So so far, I, I know who I'm nominating for watch. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I watch tonight. How about you? Four as well. Ha. Huh. Well, let me spread out some healing amongst you all. I'm just kidding. I've got nothing. You, you get nothing. Let me. let me ask you this: Your GM ship, uh, we did just level. You did. So how would that work? As far as you know, our our max HP is now higher. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Can uh-huh. we get any of that? So, for sake of argument, we're going to say that you guys level overnight. Okay. Um, I, spoiler <laughs> alert: You guys are going to be okay tonight. So, we're going to say that as you wake up in the morning, you are level two. I just figured you guys probably wanted to to take a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, the resting rules. It was what con plus level is what you get back on a rest. I looked this up and I think I forgot. That sounds familiar. Con plus familiar. level it is. We're gonna new gonna level up. or old level. And I'll allow new level. Ah, Thank God. Right. Is it your con bonus or con bonus. the total? And uh, off the top of my head, without looking at the book. That Russell, you, Russell, Russell pages. That pages. when you rest, you're getting hit points equal to your constitution modifier times your level. Oh, constitution modifier times level. And feel free oh, to use that's your worse. new level. Yeah, that's worse. That's great. That's oh. worse. When, when I have a con plus one. When you've got one. Well, there's a minimum. Hold on. I think it's minimum your level. A minimum of 24, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> My minimum is uh, zero times two. <laughs> you you just lost hit points somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how math works, but I'm pretty he's, sure that's what. He's it. still bleeding. He's a... Uh, you would put a finger in that because uh, the the wound, the wound. <laughs> Turns out we all learned he's a hemophiliac. Bold, uh, bold condition to have while you're in the army. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was no way of diagnosing it back then. He looked so. like a bleeder. Put him on the front lines, boys. <laughs> you're gonna be an adventurer, huh? What's your most notable trait? Oh, I die easy. Well, good, <laughs> good. The minimum is your level. Yeah. So you're gonna gain back at least two every evening um, if you have a positive con modifier. You could get more. Uh, yeah. Well, fun fact, I have a positive con modifier, and I don't get more, <laughs> because that's a bad rule. <laughs> uh, does anybody here have more than a plus one con? I no? just doubled my HP. So uh, Now, I know some of you listeners out there are going to comment that the fighter has a 12 con. That seems like a bad choice. <laughs> but I assure you, dear listener, I had reasons. <laughs> He'll make them up. 
when he needs to. I wanted a high dex and a high strength. I like to live fast and die just as fast. I, I will point out that um, well, although you guys seem to be a little uh, worse for wear, uh, you you have no specific time frame. Well, we take the next month off. There you go. Yeah, I was gonna say, given the fact that coming out, I've pretty much collapsed where I stood onto the ground and I'm not able to move. Yeah, sure. Why not? We could spend a little extra time resting. Yeah. Um, it, it's up to you guys. I just need to. Let's go ahead and. Uh, I'm gonna imagine it's getting close to evening, right? Yeah, it, it's it's close enough to evening that you guys probably want to settle down and and camp a little bit and uh, maybe talk about uh, what just transpired. All right, boys. Well, with this math, uh, I only need eight days of rest to get back to full HP. Worst case, we just have a holiday tomorrow, and the Claire burns all of this shit in the morning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's true. If we if we think there's a reasonable chance we're gonna stay out of trouble, I could also have more heals than blesses tomorrow. And uh, the yeah, island you're on isn't very large. You can see pretty much the entirety of it from where you are, and you appear to be in no immediate danger. It seems to be nice and calm. Sense motives? Yeah, the guy who sent up <laughs> a negative energy crocodile to attack us the moment we step foot on it. I don't think that that's out of context that that is do we see any more becker clouds like gathering like yeah. in um, numbers you, you don't see any new ones there's still some that kind of seem to be aimlessly roaming around the area of the water uh none of them seem to be particularly threatening um, but they they do exist they're out there well i i imagine at this point alders has started a fire uh and if it is getting closer to evening we're probably a little cold uh but I mean, he, Alder has stripped off his leather armor. He's got it on a rock so it can try to dry out. He's trying to dry things out. Uh, yeah, it's cool, but you guys aren't in danger of any particular cold problems. But, you know, you might want to wrap in a blanket and get around the fire just yeah. to stay warm for the evening. He also has uh, on his on his lap that sword that we took uh, from that very easy monster you threw at us. Yeah, uh, and he's got like a rag out and, a, he, you know, maybe his dagger. He's just trying to like clean off old grimy dirt Uh, you find find it's in surprisingly good shape Uh, there's a lot of corrosion um, but it's surface corrosion there's no real rust there a lot of grime and muck that's just been caked on it but as you're able to uh, slowly bring it to a shine uh, you realize that it's in pristine condition there's obviously magic here that has been keeping it that way gentlemen that's why we had such a hard time this sword appears to be of at least low-level magical quality, an excellent blade, we should not turn it in. Turn what in? (laughs) Exactly. Well, who knows? Uh, Perhaps we will find along the way so many other treasures of interest uh, to Mr. Carlyle that he'll hardly spare a glance at this one. Well, we found that ring. I think you could probably uh, simply tell him the the ring in exchange for the sword if he asked for it. Well, there's also uh, those documents that I believe he'd be interested in. I, I agree. I think you're right, though, about the ring, because if the ring is, in fact, linked to his family, uh, and he wants first choice of the treasures that were uh, um, procured, then um, he'll probably want that ring. The The signet ring is very important to a noble family, hmm. and Alder kind of, like, absentmindedly looks down at his own hand. Is is there anything on his own hand? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's got his own family signet ring. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just got like a, the infinity gauntlet of his family, yeah. his family house. Actually, I go around collecting other people's signet rings. Gaudy. So, oh yeah, yeah. By cutting their hands off and taking it off of their corpse, just get a bracelet of hands. Stop <laughs> giving away my secret backstory. <laughs> Jump the gun. Ah uh, yes, well, <clears throat> gentlemen, I, I I wish we had some libation that we could uh, use to toast because. 
Clearly, we we function like a well-oiled machine down there, and uh, and and look at the treasures that we have uh, brought forth from the darkness. I think this bodes well for the success of our company. I mean, uh, you know, clearly, if we've been successful the first time out, we'll be successful every time, right? That's how that goes. I swear, I will never die. <laughs> Same. Awfully optimistic. Well, it's. Right I took a number of blows to the head uh, down below there, um, <laughs> and uh, so explains uh, a lot. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually still bleeding a little bit, but um, yes, everything seems fine to me. It's good to have all seven of us here. <laughs> Hold on. Goes <laughs> that math again. Well, I mean, there are two of each of you. <laughs> Clearly, only one of me. Do you have the spell remove concussion? No, 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 no. Why do I taste purple? All right, yeah, we're good. We're good. Admittedly, gentlemen, I'm. Uh, I I feel I owe some of you an apology. I did not. Probably all of us, really. I think at one time or another, maybe several times over. But go on. <laughs> I uh, I I did not think we would as fare well in battle as we did, uh, and even then it was close. So, uh, well done. Uh, 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 indeed, all, everyone contributed well. I, I think it was a, it was it was good. Uh, you know, obviously, it'll take some time before we learn our individual tactics and proclivities and weaknesses. The weaknesses. I'll study them. What? Oh, I, was that my outside voice? <laughs> terribly sorry. I need to develop an inner monologue. Must develop inner monologue. Yes, I, I feel like I have to thank all of you. Profusely, I'd probably be dead. I feel as if I may be dead by the time I wake up. Still, there but, is a possibility. Oh, yes. Yeah, I feel I feel a bit like death. Hmm. We are all very very weak. I can only say the same. Hope nobody's standing, like hiding in the rocks, listening. Like, well, this is an excellent time to strike because they're out of healing and they're exhausted, and uh, many of them are still injured. That would be a dick move on your judge's part. <laughs> And what? then the arrow storm comes falling in. And Adler's a little concerned because they, they've got a decent defensive position, but they've got a fire going on a little island in the middle of a lake that I imagine is going to be visible for like quite some day. Yeah. There was fog, wasn't there, surrounding the island, though? There, there is some fog, um, but you know the fog lays pretty low into the ground. You do have a nice pillar of smoke, which you know, in the it, it almost seems a stark contrast because the land is so pristine uh, and so uninhabited that Something like this just doesn't fit in. Well, it is warm. The smell of sausages and tomatoes will carry for mm-hmm. a long miles. time. Yeah, thankfully we brought our Hobbit cook. I, I believe that's copyrighted. I don't even know if we can say the word. <laughs> thankfully we brought our halfling cook. <laughs> there you go, halfling. halfling. <laughs> Legally distinct. Lodo, get over here. <laughs> Lodo Raggins. <laughs> <laughs> When's third breakfast? Mm. <laughs> I'd have to eat. I mean, I imagine we probably have busted out some rations just mm-hmm. to tiredly. Sure, you yeah. can spend yeah. the evening eating and uh, recover and fornicate. <laughs> Buggery. <laughs> Buggery begins. Yeah, Hatham's like nibbling a little on some rations, but he looks miserable. <laughs> just miserable. So when you say you're busting out the sausages. <laughs> Unzip. However, we all know what he means. <laughs> However you want Unzip to your pack that. Where the sausages are stored. And it will probably in wax be paper. That's what you're talking about, right? Nobody's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that sound you hear all across America is people going, click. <laughs> Action, adventure, buggery? <laughs> Question mark. It's a niche group, but we'll have a few followers. Yeah. 
We really should have brought some booze, though. Did anybody bring brandy? Didn't or something? we bring Did like? A, didn't yeah, we, we bring, bring like, specifically we, some beer? We talked yeah, we, about stealing the keg. We, the, uh, <laughs> no, they had like one in the storehouse tent thing. They had like a bunch of booze there that we could take. Nothing fancy, but I mean, it's there. No, oh, well. you guys could indeed have had a bottle of wine or a small. No, 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 no. You said specifically last time there's no wine on Faradon. I asked. He asked, he asked oh, specifically. He yeah, he yeah you asked no... the grease cook where the wine was. <laughs> and wanted a rosé, of all things. <laughs> so, Aetham, uh, I, I know you're weary, but uh, t- tell me more about this school you studied at. Ox, Oxtown, o- I believe you said? Oxenbrook, Oxenbrook. Uh, the name of it, yes. <laughs> Hey folks, with this upcoming election for the Hamlet of Teeterdan, I want to introduce myself. I'm the Dragon Gornax, and if you vote for Ron Derling for mayor, I will literally burn your village down. Oh, I'm not kidding. Ron is a complete and utter moron. And to make sure that idiot doesn't ruin your town, Darkhelm, the ruler of evil, has paid me to burn your town down if he wins. He's that focused on keeping Teeterdan safe. Now that's dedication. Actually, I just hate that guy. And for what you're paying me, I do too. So remember, folks, vote yes to Dark Elm and fiscal responsibility, and vote no for Ron and your children burning. This ad paid for by the Association of Dark Elm for Mayor, Inc. Hell yeah, I proved this ad. <laughs> Good day, listeners. This is Saul Carvey, broadsending for Kasserat Public Radio. Beaming around the globe from the Hellspire Tower in downtown Kasserat, bringing you the rest of history. Long ago in the Sunhai Plains there was a small farmhouse. There was nothing special about this farmhouse. It was one of great many homesteads that tilled the soil and raised livestock throughout the region. The people living there at the time were simple but hard-working. They wore a pleasant demeanor and lived mostly untroubled lives. Frida and Jacques were no different. Like many of their neighbors, they had married young and worked land that had been passed down through the generations. By all accounts, Frida and Jacques were well liked by all their neighbors and respected by all. They quickly filled their house with children, first a boy and two girls, growing up in a near picturesque setting. A fourth child arrived, another young boy, and tested their simple lives. It was a difficult birth and the baby was fussy from the beginning, but Frida and Jacques were patient and caring. The boy grew, but his development did not seem to progress. The parents worried and began to fear the worst. Eventually, a traveling physician confirmed their fears. The child was both deaf and mute. At first, Frida and Jacques were dismayed, yet their love and joy prevailed, and they put forth great effort to raise their youngest child as best they could. Finding ways to communicate using simple gestures, they reached a happy balance, though they could never fully communicate with the child. When the boy turned twelve, a family friend visited and left a book. A book filled with pictures and words designed specifically to help the deaf learn. Only one problem, Frida and Jacques nor their children could read. Literacy was not common amongst the farmers of the region, so the well-intended book sat unused for some time. Then on one happy day, the family found the youngest son sitting alone in a field with the book in his lap. He was pointing at pictures and smiling. This continued for many years while the household carried on with their lives. They did not seem to consider the book. All that mattered is that it provided the youngest son comfort and contentment. Years passed and the children grew. 
The sisters were married and moved away. The oldest son took over the farm and life continued. At some point, one of the married sisters, Angelica, who had since learned to read, sent a package. It contained several new books for her youngest brother to enjoy. She had hoped these gifts would give her youngest sibling even more contentment. And so they did. Throughout the rest of the life of this boy, who could neither hear nor produce any words, he could be found wandering the area near his family farm. Clutching a book under his arm, he seemed endlessly happy to explore the nature around him. But all good things must come to an end. Old age eventually took Frida and Jacques, and not long after the youngest boy himself succumbed to illness and departed the world. But not the books. The family could not bring themselves to dispose of these books. They became family heirlooms, and instead they were sent back to Angelica, the very sister who provided them. She too was old and near the end of her life, and while she had never been back to see her brother, she was happy to become the keeper of such a precious keepsake. But Angela found a surprise, for when she opened the book she was shocked. Instead of mostly empty tomes of crude pictures, she found words, lots and lots of words, scribbled in every margin and blank space that could be found, page after page packed full of her brother's words. Seems the boy was not so simple after all. By his own admission he had slowly taught himself to read and then write, and oh what discoveries were written in those pages, observations and analysis of every root, plant, and insect of the region. Every meticulous detail imaginable was scribed forth in those tomes at the hands of a smiling deaf-mute, one whose hands miraculously learned to communicate on his own, but had no one around him to share them with. While this may seem like a sad tale, it is not a tale without a happy ending. You see, those books eventually made their way into the hand of the author's grandniece, granddaughter of Angelica, a smart child and one who had the benefit of excellent tutors, a girl who used the information in those books as a basis for her lifelong research. Those simple words and observations launched her entire career, a career that included becoming a founding member of a long-standing school of academia. You see, this grandniece was none other than Agnes Folgild, one of the five founders of the University of Oxenbrook and the founder of academic naturalism. But Agnes knew that the legacy she had built was not entirely hers, she knew that without the writings of her granduncle, she might not have held such a focused and driven career. She might not have learned the powers of observation. There was only one problem. When the time came to honor her inspirational granduncle, she had no name to go by. Anyone who knew the sweet and happy deaf mute was long gone from the world, and his name was never written down. Not once in all of his writings did he ever refer to himself. But even this gave Agnes inspiration. For she realized that the lesson taught by the story and the gift her granduncle gave her was the knowledge that observation and truth was more powerful than names and personal gain. And that is why to this day, students, teachers, and alumni of the great University of Oxenbrook recite a daily reminder of their academic philosophy, known as the gift of the unknown observer. And now you know the rest of history. Good day. So, uh, Atham, I, I know you're weary, but uh, t tell me more about this school you studied at. Ox Oxtown, o I believe you said? Oxenbrook, Oxenbrook. is the name of it, yes. Yes, uh, well, it's a, a kind of a, a smallish town, but uh, the main the main feature is the uh, the school itself. Yes, uh, not, not a whole lot of, uh, not a, a bustling metropolis by any means, but, um, you know, pretty much the former Hampshire, you've heard of it, the 
foremost school in many uh many studies of arcane and naturalism and uh alchemy and so on and so forth i uh, i myself studied at uh, the caliban naval institute yes uh, nothing probably no field similar to your own but i i've i've some lettering and navigation and a uh, astronomy course i think you would find very mm. fascinating mm. navigating the stars and such adler looks uh, a little doubtful <laughs> I could uh, go over my notes from uh, the first semester if you like. I taught it for uh, for uh, uh, two semesters. Carried those with you into the wilderness? Of course. Is it because I noticed there are quite a few books and such in your backpack? I assume those were supplies, but those are books. Well, the yes, supplies. Are, you you repeat yourself. Uh, oh, supplies yeah, you and books. Supplies. Yes. yes, the books are the supplies. <laughs> yes. Why? I, I, I can't imagine why those wouldn't be a good thing to take into the into the wilderness on a prolonged trek. I can show you why they're so important. Come, let's sit closer to the fire uh, so we can see. Yeah, uh, they're pretty dry, so <laughs> they won't, you'll be able to read them quite easily. <laughs> Get them a little closer to the light. Closer, closer. This is my eyesight is not what it was. Mm-hmm. No. Just put them on that hot rock right next to the <laughs> fire. How uh, Did uh, Oxenbrook have a fencing team? Yes, oh. actually, they did. I might have actually enjoyed my time there then. They built fences, right? That's where... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Day two, you're there sweating out in a field somewhere, putting up a, a fence, and you're like, this is not what I signed up for. I feel there was some false advertising. We were number time. two in the country, actually. Uh, we could get an acre field set up, just like no could, time. Could was, raise a barn and no time for that. Lightning fast. What about you, Father? Did you have any formal schooling? Oh well, of course. Um, no, my, of course not. No, no. My my uh, my beginnings were very humble. I I uh, have to admit uh, that um, I was um, oh you know came from a poor family and um, uh, you know did a, a a bit of ranging in my youth, if you will, and uh, kind of grew up a bit on the streets, of course, until I was uh, uh, introduced to the mysteries of the great God that I worship and. Um, uh, and then received some uh, formal instruction from the hierarchy of the faith. And, um, well, the next thing you know, here I am. It's really a simple story. No reason to inquire further about any of the details that I may have glossed over. Everything uh, probably makes perfect sense to you. Uh, Sherian, uh. you carry yourself as a military man, I, I, I feel. But I, I know very little about you. What is your history? I did serve in the military. I was from the Estrella Nation's uh, Ranger Corps. Hmm. So you are a ranger then, right? Uh, no, it's just a fancy name they picked because they thought it sounded neat. Oh, so you're not n- no, neither specialized in wielding two swords or in archery or anything like that? No. Hmm. Oh, okay. Good, good in the wilderness, are you? Yes, ah. that's a requirement for the job. Hmm. We were... It's hard to say that we were a full military force. It was more of uh, being commissioned by the government to uh, live out there on our own and pretty much kill anything that they designated us to kill. Saboteurs, then? Hired, you could say so. Hired murderer? Mm, we weren't being paid. <laughs> so you did it for free? We Just were being it. told. Ah. For the love of the game, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, uh, I understand your nation never really had a formal standing army, so... That's the model they chose. Yes. Hit and run, gorilla. So I assume you served your time and then you were honorably discharged and you decided to make your way here to seek your fortune. Uh, yes. It was less Sense of an honorable... motive? <laughs> 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 sure. Uh, perce- oh, perception, right? 
Uh, yeah, it's a 10. That seems legit. <laughs> How did they train the gorillas? <laughs> Sign language. Yes. A lot of use of bananas. They put a spear in his hand. They're Grr, not even native not to that country. Grr. They are Huge not. Huge difference. I mean, really, you, you would think they... I mean, they walk on all fours. They're not... Fair enough. We didn't actually train gorillas. Did they use orangutans and chimpanzees as well? It was a diverse fighting force. Ethan is dead serious, by the way. He 100% <laughs> does not know the, the military term gorilla. Assyrian's just kind of sitting there doing like the finger to the nose thing, like sighing deeply as he realizes that you are actually being serious. <laughs> Conjure mist that they just appeared out of on a regular basis. Oh, that sounds terrifying. I was going to say, a frightening force. Well, no. what a strange country. <laughs> what what does bring you here, though, Shirian? <laughs> I mean, what do you hope to find? Uh, I wanted to come to a new land because my life in Estrella was not going so well. So I coming heard- here gave me a chance to try and not make the same mistakes I've made before. I've heard that about everyone that lives in Australia. They are <laughs> looking to get out, so to speak. You would not be wrong. Why, the stars look beautiful tonight. Ba-na-na-na, there seem to be so many more of them, almost as if there's two for every one that I normally see. <laughs> I figure this is one of those points where at some point you guys all just drift off to sleep and don't realize it because <laughs> you're all exhausted. Cleric and red. Uh, actually, no, we make a well-organized watch so you don't surprise us in the night. Asherian's going to stand up and walk off and try to make his tent just right behind where the logs are. I'm assuming that we set up his little benches. You, you, you know? wander off into four corners of the island and sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's split up so they can't chase us all. Right. And we all brood. I, I feel I've been dozing a bit by the fire. It seems like every time I close my eyes and open them, I see this robed figure carrying a scythe, wandering around <laughs> near the professor. I, but no, it's gone now. I think it's all fine. That's I'm gonna go to me sleep harvesting here. alchemy. Oh, reagents. yes, mm-hmm. that's a very large side. Hmm. Well, why don't we do this as a spellcaster? Why don't you take first watch, uh, and then you, you can get your full length of sleep after that. Uh, Understood. I can take one whenever. Um, okay. As long as I have an opportunity tomorrow to say my prayers, I should be fine. Uh, do you need any particular sleep requirements, Hatham? Uh, no, no. Particularly, I'd just like to not um, not be as noticeable. I'm, I'm a little worried, honestly. My confidence is shaken. You you did fine today. Well, you, stared, just, you stared death in the face and handled yourself admirably. And still have uh, most I, of your blood inside thank your you. body. <laughs> yeah. A great deal of it, at least. But for watches, um, I actually have a little something I could... Uh, I could say, this is called... Uh, Cocaine. Eagle, <laughs> <laughs> pure uncut heroin. Uh, so well, sharing is caring. Eagle's Black eye potion. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. So I figured I would just whip one up and uh, knock that back and uh, take a watch and uh, see that, what I could see. Is that going to keep you up all night? <laughs> <laughs> My pupils will dilate violently. All right. So maybe uh, first watch. Yeah. You do you have to get like a whole eight hours thing? Is that is that a cleric thing or probably? Okay, I would guess. But that's <laughs> how about I take the last watch? You take the last watch. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll take. Uh, why don't you take second? I'll take third. Now that we spent a bunch of time establishing that, yeah, the maybe, evening maybe. passes uneventfully. Yeah, <laughs> ah, excellent. You excellent. you take your watches. It's, it is all is quiet. You hear the sound of a few animals from time to time. Caw, caw. I, I imagine Hatham 
taking his watch, just like, bam, knocks back that Eli potion, just like wide eyed, <laughs> like nervous energy, like pacing around the yeah, campfire. just pacing around, keeping like, everyone else away into the distance. <laughs> Did you sit down, asshole, dude? It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the shit out of this. <laughs> I mean, Alder will spend pretty much his watch. I mean, he'll keep an eye out, but he'll, he'll just mostly finish working on the sword, getting it nice and shiny. <laughs> if anyone happens to glance over when the father is uh, doing his watch uh, at, the, at the very end, as dawn is starting to creep over the, uh, uh, the hills. Did you say um, dong? <laughs> <laughs> buggery joke. <laughs> we're buggery adjacent. If we're not quite on the buggery, I think we're close. But uh, you'll see him that he's he's removed from his pack a journal, um, and he's got next to it a notebook, and he uh, is scratching his head and looking into the journal, um, and occasionally making a note in the notebook next door. Uh, he seems uh, actually doing a fairly poor job of being on watch and and mostly concentrating on the book itself. That's what the goblins notice. Anyway. That's, that's right. <laughs> First arrow goes right through his throat. <laughs> Similarly, if while you were heading to sleep, a you would notice Assyrian on his watch kind of sharpening a dagger, but occasionally staring blankly into a, the fire, but then going back to looking on watch. <laughs> so what you want to do is dilate your pupils as much as possible <laughs> before looking out into the darkness. Yeah. That's it, exactly. Mm-hmm. Guys, I can't see a bloody thing when I look around. Yeah, that's because you stared directly into the fire for the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are a well-oiled camping machine. So it is morning. Uh, so through the uh, course of the night, I regained two hit points. Yeah. I also regain <laughs> two hit points and double my health. Now, does it come in now where that extra bit of uh, number of hit points we would get for going up in level will get added to our total? Uh, well, you get two because you are now second level. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So the difference gets added. Yes. Yeah, so you guys are officially second level now. Oh, so it doesn't just... So our current goes up, not just our max. Current and max go up by the same amount is what he's saying. I yeah. Think. Oh. Mm-hmm. I just increased my health by 50%. Mm. There you go. See, what are you complaining about? You've got plenty of hit points. There's 10 more days and I'll be at max. Speaking wow. of which, your cleric has hit points to give out if you guys want some. That would be great, actually, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still down nine. That's true. Asherian's I do going have to heal the, uh, himself using heal as well. I do have the elixirs of life. Well, why don't you hold off on that for a moment? I have okay. all three of you is what I have. I say as a player. Ready? I will wander over to uh, to um, Haytham, uh, who who appeared to be most concerned yesterday with uh, the fact that some of his blood isn't in him. Um, <laughs> and uh, I will uh, say, Father, would you like me to administer some healing to you? I have some magic I could uh, share with you. Yes, I still feel quite ill. Yes, yes. let him touch you. <laughs> well, in fact, I would like to do that. But uh, as I do so, I will say, oh, you know, great God of mysteries. Please heal this man for his great service to us yesterday. His stalwart resolve kept us uh, straight. Perception check Same. on that. I accidentally cast flaming bolt into him. God damn it. Uh, go ahead and do the, do the, how many hit points? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, so I've got that uh, new feat. Right. Yeah, so um, uh, that plus that. Damn. So that would be, uh, by add, my calculation, a uh, total of 15. So. Add oh, three to that. Add damn. Three. Add three to that. Ah! Oh my <laughs> God. So, what? The, yeah, the just happened. The the surge of positive energy is it kind of leaps from you uh, to Haytham. It is surprisingly powerful. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Father, why did you scream? I because of the, I was um, channeling the great power oh. of my God. That's why I did. It was a bit of uh, it was ecstasy. Um, 
Goodness, that was powerful. I wasn't expecting that. Um, 18, actually. Oh, 18 total? 18 uh, points, yes. Damn. Mm. Oh, then I wrote that down right, yeah. I feel feel as if I could go for a jog right now. I feel feel incredibly good. Uh, Of course, of course. Goodness, that Mm. was... Oh, it's just the the healing, surprising healing power of my God, yes. Mm. Quite quite powerful, yes. Alder's putting his like armor back on, but it looks like like he's really wincing when his like right shoulder oh. is trying to get in. It appears you've got a terrible bruise underneath your arm there. Would you allow me to dispense some healing to you? Y- yes, Father, I believe that would be excellent. Thank okay. you. Good, good, good. I will. Oh, great God. Also, this person, much like the previous one I just mentioned, please uh, give him some some strong healing. Flame strike. <laughs> <laughs> Chain lightning. Base 13. Subtract five from that. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, that's <laughs> here. A, I am bragging about wah, wah, wah. How, <laughs> how great a healer the father is. Well, uh, some for you then. There you go. Hope you've enjoyed that. <clears throat> I mean, Elder does feel a lot better. Not like, yeah, it's noticeable the difference in yeah. the amount of positive energy that leapt into huh. Hatham than what leapt into you. Yeah. Well, let like, me. Uh, shoulder's still a little tight, but yeah. he, he's. Let's 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 try that again. Let's, John. Uh, oh, great God! Of, no, you're okay. I'm, I'm only down one point. Oh, <laughs> oh, all right. I just want to. I just want to say your shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great God of mystery! Smoke this man where he stands. <laughs> Critical now, heal. Oh, thanks. Now you. Ah, yes. I see. You've got some cuts and bruises there. Let me see if I can be of some assistance to you. Oh, great God of mysteries! Please heal this man who. Presumably murdered many people on the frontier <laughs> and is now <laughs> racing this to a uh, band of trained apes. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> That's seven base. Uh, they're no modifier. Okay. So you get seven back. <clears throat> That's quite the look. Well, listeners, you can't see the look that the player just gave me, but uh, <laughs> he, he's not terribly pleased. So you, uh, so you, you, you tend to blow your load on the first one, and then it just gets weaker <laughs> yep, and weaker. Yeah, that's right. So everyone she go down the fight, line. Fight to be first in line. I'm at 75% of my health. You've got, seemed like uh, you could use a little, uh, maybe a poultice or a bit of a healing draft. I've got some lying around if you'd like. I made them this morning. They're fresh. I can still feel one of my bones is broken. Uh, so maybe... Um, the potion? Is that what you... I, I have additional castings. Would you like to save the resource, or is it going to go away? Well, uh, it's, I, I usually make two every morning. Not that we would do something so crass as to, you know, take your hit points and put them as some sort of numbers <laughs> to them, but if you had to tell us how many you were short, what would it be? Uh, on a scale of uh, 0 to 20, I'm at 15. That's my estimate. Your, your Yours might be a better use. Why don't you just... It, uh, Quick draft of uh, cheering. We'll take the potion and just that's it. pop the cap and down it. D6. Then smash the thing on a rock. Yeah, he'll, he'll crush just straight on his forehead. <laughs> oh, those are precious. Wait, he's got only so many of those vials. You, you can recycle those. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, great God of mysteries. Please heal me as my head is still throbbing and I've got uh, How much a gaping skull One fracture that I would like to. Uh, oh, that's not going to be good. <laughs> Well, crud. I got eight, uh, 11 base. Let's take four away from God that. Damn. Ooh. You know, can I offer you some new dice? <laughs> I'll buy them for you. I'll run to a store right now and... Uh, no, these are fine. Oh, no. no oh, they're, God. They're effing great. <laughs> they're loaded the way he wants. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So one really good roll. 
Three crappy ones. Your, your god seems to favor Hatham. I'm a little confused. Yeah, as am I. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I'm not really certain. Um, but the great god is mysterious, of course, and therefore works in mysterious ways. Oh, he is you. most definitely a mystery. Oh, he is. I, I, I can tell you stories. So. You have made that very clear. Mm. So, so you guys have a fresh day upon you. Um, what are you going to do with it? Well, let, let's pull out the maps. Uh, where are we in relation to the next ghostal tower? Oh, let's me see. You, uh, the maps aren't specific, but you have a general direction and a general distance. Uh, you, you think it could take anywhere from three to six days, depending on how your travel goes, uh, based on your travel so far. Yeah, the maps don't have a, a specific direction, but I think it may take about three to six days. How are we looking on rations? I've, I've got about two days left, but I can find what I need out in the woods. We do we have only about two days left? I I, uh, I had assumed we'd probably taken a couple of weeks worth, given the fact that they're rations. They're they're not um, terribly. I know bulky. for me, I didn't actually write that down. I only wrote five yeah. days. So. Oh, I, I seem to recall our judge saying that he assumed we we gathered what we needed for the trip. Uh, yes, you had uh, plenty of okay. uh, to choose from, and plenty, it was really a matter of how much you could carry. And take with you. So well, we've got that train of uh, people following behind us, carrying exactly. our porters, yes. carrying our goods. And uh, we will want to keep track of this a little bit, but we don't need to necessarily do it. Uh, so, so we're not hurting on rations at the moment. Uh, no, but you guys don't know how long you'll be out here either, because you have been out several days already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at least several days more travel to the next stop. What do we think's closer, back to where uh, Craven is, or the next tower? Um, Equal distance. It's not. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you could probably almost get back just as fast because you've traveled it already. So Mm -hmm. it's you. You just don't know what's between here and there. Uh, So you don't have a a road to follow or a specific map where you know where the quickest course is. Uh, It's a little uncharted, so there's a lot of question marks. I'm just concerned because we're carrying a a giant chest of papers with (laughs) us that. You you could easily condense that down. Um, If you rolled all those scrolls together, you could probably fit them into one good scroll case. They were kept separately in there for organizational purposes. Well, it's a magic (laughs) box, though, right? Um, The box appears, it's only magic appears to be uh, preserving itself and therefore its contents. I mean, it's still pretty cool. (laughs) Um, The arcane amongst you might note that it has been losing that ability over time, so it is far less capable than it once used to be. Can I make a check on that? Sure. With my new arcane skill <laughs> that I found in the dirt last night. Uh, I got an 18. Sure. Uh, once again, yeah, you notice that the uh, the, the spell is fading. Uh, the magic there is not quite permanent, so without regular refreshing of that magic, that it'll eventually fade away. It, almost as though it was designed that way on purpose. It wasn't meant to keep things forever. Someone paid a lot of gold for this shit, and it's shit. Um, had you gotten a higher roll, you might actually notice that there had been some sort of a, uh, a uh, uh, what do you call dead man switch on that spell, where they could have destroyed the contents uh, very quickly. Mm. But, uh, such a switch was never used, so now it's just decaying over time. There was an Oingo Boingo spell on it. <laughs> it's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? It's a dead man's party. Leave our, your body at the door. Our last listener just left. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Come on, Danny Elton. That's good stuff right that there. Good. Yeah. So I, uh, I ask you again, though, now you have pretty much the whole day in front of you. What, how do you plan to use it? Well, gentlemen, I, I, I'm of the... Whether or not we spend the day in rest and recuperation and uh, start tomorrow or not, my um, inclination would be to... Uh, uh, you know, I, I feel we're not 
yet in his dire straits as would require a trip back to the camp uh, to Carlisle's. I, I would be of the mind that perhaps we should try to find at least the next tower, uh, see what we find there, and then uh, assess our situation at that point. <clears throat> I agree. Yes, I, I see no reason why not, despite uh, almost dying last night. Hmm. So I we, feel fantastic, though. That, that healing spell of yours is really quite a cracker. Oh, clearly you're favored by the uh, the mysterious god. You must have some purpose in store in the immediate near future. How mysterious. Yes. Hmm. So will you guys be Mystery traveling god. today, then? I think so, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll... Oh, sorry, Sean. Well, I was just going to say, I would note that I have expended of the uh, oh, six ways that I could heal you today, I have expended four of those. So should we run into some trouble, um, my ability to assist will be limited. Noted. As you guys set out, let's go ahead and give me uh, some sort of a group survival check here. Uh, people can assist. So well, what's our highest there? I'm on five. And I, I technically have lore survival, and which is higher than survival. Interesting. I wonder how that works. Well, some some class thing I had gave me lore survival. So, okay. Um, you read a book about how to survive. I found it in the dirt. A last book night. about <laughs> books of survival. Yeah, I don't know. That is a really good question that I will need to look up at some point. Can I just? I'm just trying to try to assist. Yeah, go ahead and you assist. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Right off the... Uh, plate where lost. No, no plate where lost. That, <laughs> one, that one bounced out of the dice tray, off the table, and then is now... Uh, it's in traffic at this point. Um, Some say it's still rolling to this day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, kids, they say if you listen late at night, you can hear the sound of that dice still the... rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. It was better on the floor, but I do assist. I will also assist him. I will also. Uh, Assisting me or him? 16. You. I'm a, you are the primary. Me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that assists. I'm sitting at uh, 17, 16 before uh, adding any bonuses. And three assists make that a 22. Mm-hmm. It's that way. Uh, once again, you guys aren't completely flying blind. You you know, the map does have some details and some speculation uh, in the journal. So you think you're making a good headway today. Um, Do we have any trouble crossing the lake? Uh, we'll have to reassemble our raft, I assume, and, and dodge the uh, yeah. well, the the vast lizard crocodile uh, population. Yeah. So you guys don't make a lot of um, a lot of distance today because I'm assuming you slept in a little bit, took a little more time in the morning. You did have to reassemble your raft. You didn't have any trouble getting it back across. Uh, you encountered no creatures beyond a few birds on the edge of the water that seemed to be non-aggressive. Uh, once you got uh, to dry land, you're able to get underway. So yeah, you didn't make a lot of distance today, but you, you did okay for the little bit of a shortened day. They uh, we wrapped up the scrolls, and Adler looks back to the island where that chest is sitting open, and we mark on the map it's now Open Chest Island. Open <laughs> Chest Island. Mm-hmm. You've now named your first spot. In the also, uh, for future reference, Asherian does have a compass. If that helps, he, he brings that up like a week into your journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I yeah, found it, this. Hey, guys, it, for information, it magically appeared overnight. Do, does it actually work? Uh, we can find out. Wait, don't you have a compass, or did you just not bring one? I just assumed it would spin madly. This oh, is a strange right. place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, they're expensive. I think, yeah. Uh, the compass appears to work normally as you're using it at this moment. Uh, appears to work yeah mm-hmm. just keep an eye on it understood so at the end of your first day you make camp you uh gonna stick to your same watches won't uh won't dwell on this too much because nothing happens so the second day you guys are traveling along 
I would. I think at this point we can all probably assume we're up to full hit points because I could mm-hmm. have uh, passed around some additional healing. Yeah. Well, yeah. the the rest alone would have put me at full. Got you where you need to be. Yeah. Same. Okay. So if you have travel the next day, go ahead and uh, give me that survival check again to see how you uh, you do along your travels. I assist. I assist with. Uh, I assist. 20, 20 even is my assist. Apparently there's a lot of poor weather that came in that day uh, <laughs> because uh, it doesn't feel as strong. So with the three assists, I believe we're only at 14. At 14, um, you may have wandered a little off path, but you're not, uh, you didn't turn around and go in loops or anything. Mm-hmm. You uh, Towards the end of the day, as you're looking for a potential campsite, you, you kind of see a little bit of a clearing and maybe a bit of an oxbow. And uh, you think to yourself, there's probably some decent cover over there and a source of water nearby. So you're like, that'd be a good spot for a campsite. And you, and you head towards that. As you get a little closer, uh, go ahead and give me some perception checks. Uh-oh. Alder got a 13. Uh, eight. <laughs> <laughs> Only a 10 over here. <laughs> Those are all amazing rolls. Uh, so you, you're heading towards the, uh, you know, what would you think would be your best camp spot? And the grass here is fairly tall, so you don't notice until you're pretty much right on top of it, but you wander pretty much into... Uh, Velociraptors, a nest. Yes. Yes. No. Another campsite. Oh. So there are oh. a, a couple of small, simple tents set up here, a few backpacks laying around, and a, uh, a little fire pit that has burned down, no longer uh, any fire or embers in it. Looks like maybe it's a, a day or two old at least. And there you are. That's what you see, but you do see no people. Oh. Uh, hello, um, is anyone there? We um, seem to have stumbled upon your campsite. We uh, hello, you you get no response. There is uh, next one of the tents. They've had a makeshift stand where there is a carcass of a deer uh, that was in uh, the process of being butchered. Once again, it's been there for a day or two in the sun, so it no longer looks of. Much quality, but... Uh, is there an eerie silence on the camp and maybe a little bit of wind that, that billows the, the open tent flaps, that sort of thing, kind of sometimes obscuring vision? And I don't know why you would thing. say that. I'm just curious. It's it's a little, uh, foreshadowing. Alder draws his sword. Like Oh, yeah. Are there any like signs of a struggle or footprints? or? Uh, there Obviously, there's some footprints. People were here, but um, the, the footprints don't seem particularly ominous at uh, this point. The carcass of that deer gives me pause. If anyone had gone to the trouble of felling such a beast for intending to eat it, one would not have just left it sitting in the sun for days. Deer have hooves, not paws. Pardon me? They don't have paws. They have hooves. Uh, no, it gives me... It's... it's um, uh, never mind. <laughs> they give you meat. No, yeah, they... <laughs> and they, leather. They, they, they do. <laughs> Let's go ahead and have some more perception checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a tutor at your home at your, <laughs> that you were? No, we wiped them out. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on, on, the tu- on what he's saying. I rolled a six. I got a six yeah. total. Was, was that a, what was that? Can I, perception check. I probably don't have time to take an eagle eye elixir. Like uh, you might thing. after the perception check. Oh, not, yeah. not before the arrows hit. Yeah. I got a 20 on the uh, perception check. 13. I got a nine. Alder, what'd you get? Oh, Ned, don't even worry, but no. it's not worth mentioning. Uh, so, good father, you take a moment to kind of look around and check out your surroundings. Uh, you see over along one of the tree lines, there is a small herd of deer. Hmm. Uh, you notice uh, amongst them is a uh, quite large stag. Mm-hmm. You see a very impressive set of antlers 
Uh, he's very noticeable, uh, and he's ominously staring your direction. Oh, shit. He's quite uh-huh. a ways off, though. It's like, oh, do you, do you all see over there? There's, uh, there's, some, there's some deer, and oh, look at that magnificent stack. It's not white oh. or anything like that. No, no, no. He, he has no particular markings that stand out. Um, he's, he's looking at me in an unnerving fashion, though, I have to. As, as you guys kind of check him out, though, and you, you get a better view of him, you know, nothing seems too out of miss here. There's a herd of deer. They're off in the distance. They've spotted you. They look a little skittish. Uh, the stag seems to be staring you down quite intently. It seems a little bit odd. And as you're looking at him, you notice that uh, you see the familiar wisps of negative energy kind of, you know, oozing out of his mouth and nose yeah. and out of his eyes. Hmm. Um, you get that ominous feel once again uh, that you just described a few moments ago. Uh, you're kind of wondering what's what happened here. What What is going on? Where are the bodies and within a moment, the question is answered for you as the bodies stand up from the grass around you. Uh-oh. And uh, you realize that these corpses seem to be lumbering towards you in, in somewhat uh, aggressive intent. So let's go ahead and roll those initiatives again. Okay. 